Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm pastor to men and single adults at First Baptist O'Fallon, and I'm joined today by Bryce McGuire, our student pastor. Hey-o. And Josh Rink, our kids' life pastor. <laughs> hello, hello. All right, good. We got it two weeks in a row. It's officially your all's thing, and I still, don't, I still don't have one. Um, so... Bryce and Josh, uh, last week we talked about parenting. Before that, we've talked about students. We've talked about young adults. And so we're kind of continuing this um, this thought of partnering with parents in the church uh, because it is a big topic. And so last week we talked about difficulties that parents face. We talked about hope, and then we talked about how we can partner with them. And so we're going to kind of continue that topic of partnering with parents and maybe look at some different aspects of it that uh, hopefully some things that will be really helpful. And so Mm -hmm. I want to start off talking about pitfalls. And so just the different pitfalls that parents sometimes fall into when raising their children, you know, they could be very well-intentioned parents. They could be parents that um, just really want to do the right thing. They want their children to have faith, but they fall into pitfalls that are detrimental to the faith of their kids. So let's start there with some things that maybe you've seen. Sure. Uh, so, so with a pitfall, one of the things that we'll see is, is, you know, your child's salvation is your goal, which sounds weird to say, but let, let me just speak on that. If, if the end goal is just to bring your kids to Jesus, to see them, trust them as your savior, and that's it, then that's where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, it's, we, we think it's the end. It's, it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a starting point because sometimes, you know, we feel as a parent, it's a great moment. You know, we've seen since July, we, you know, we baptized 14 kids, which is just a neat thing. And we've rejoiced. I got to rejoice with the parents through this. And it, it is, it's a really neat moment. But sometimes it's just really easy to say, I did it. Praise the Lord. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And wow. that is not... That that's not the goal because the process is it's not about just saying a prayer and that's it mm-hmm. and punching a ticket to heaven. We're bringing our kids before Christ and we're showing them this is Jesus and they've encountered him. They know him as Savior. Mm-hmm. And now we're to say, OK, let's let's go on this journey together and then to show them. And, you know, it's what we call discipleship. You know, right. we're walking with them through a discipleship. <clears throat> we're leading them and we are the disciple makers in our home. So right. that 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 it, it's not a it's not an end goal, but it is a starting point of the wow. discipleship process. First step of discipleship, exactly. absolutely good yeah. stuff. That's awesome. That uh, earlier, like when we were talking about this, like I was like mind blown when Josh said that because it really is. I don't know. As a youth pastor, I find that so insightful because one of the things I I noticed and even kind of my own experience growing up was. You know, there's that moment of salvation. My kid is saved, secure, set free in Christ, and that's great. And then it's kind of like the responsibility is like, okay, now someone else can lead them. Mm. Someone else can show them. And really, I mean, it's a parent. Like, there will never be a greater disciple maker than than a parent. Like, God has divinely chosen you to be that parent mm. of that child or, you know, multiple children, of course, and some, some families. And, like, you know, God put you there for a reason because that child needed you to disciple them. And so um, I will say I'm not, I just didn't say this last week. I'm not a parent. So my kind of philosophy is I don't judge parents. Like that's not my, my goal. Um, But to really do what you say, partner with parents and um, to try to just be there to support them and help them. 
um, because I'm not a parent. I don't live in those day-to-day moments. Um, but I say that to say, you know, when I've talked with parents or parents have called me and just frustrations or trouble or just things going on at home, one of the, the biggest common denominators I see <clears throat> is just that pitfall of time. And I know I think, Josh, you talked about it last week on the on the podcast. It's It's kind of that idea of my kid can follow Jesus after soccer, right? My kid can follow Jesus after you know, this or after they graduate or, or whatever. My kid has so much time ahead of them and I don't want them to miss out on these moments and these things. And I get some of those things. <clears throat> and I think, again, that implies that following Jesus only happens at youth group, mm. right? right. Uh, like that following Jesus can only happen when Pastor Doug <laughs> is preaching on a Sunday morning. And following Jesus is, it's the moment where you pray with your kid before they get out of the car. It's the moment where you, you know, read a devotional with them. It's the moment where you just take them and spend time with them and just teach them and show them how to follow Jesus. And so I think time is one of the biggest pitfalls that parents face mm. is I can do this tomorrow. Mm. Um, mm. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We only have today. Yeah. So, and so you said a lot of good things there. And I think um, when we think about uh, the role of pastors with parents and, uh, and how can we partner with them, I do think a lot of times people worry about being judged. And mm-hmm. so you just mentioned that, that you don't do that. And so in Christianity, we, we do want to draw a distinction between discernment and judgment, mm-hmm. right? We're called to discern. Uh, we'll leave the condemnation to God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's his job, not ours. Um, and there's enough judgment out there in the world. So really what I do hope parents hear is that we're not here to say, look, you've been doing everything wrong. Not at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I bet you do a lot of things right. I bet the parents listening or um, if, if some young adults or high schoolers or uh, whoever is listening, um, I bet parents do a lot of things right. The question is, how can we partner with them mm-hmm. in a way that can really promote the mm-hmm. faith of their children, their their students, and then one day their young adults and adults? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you mentioned time. And really, I think time come down, comes down to an idolatry uh, issue, is that um, idolatry, if you look at it in Scripture, of course, they had actual uh, graven images, right? And so that's all we think of as idols, whereas idolatry, really, the image itself is nothing. First Corinthians talks about that, First Corinthians chapter 8. The image itself is nothing. It's really what that image does to your heart. Wow. And so yeah. anything that is on the seat of our heart in place of God is idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so there could be good things, mm-hmm. good things like taking a kid to soccer practice mm-hmm. or baseball or or uh, band or cheer or, or you know whatever it is, or maybe it's even academics. Yeah. Maybe maybe academics have become mm-hmm. my idol. And so there's a thin line because we want our kids to succeed in things, we want mm-hmm. to do well. And so really what it has to be is a priority that God is at the seat of my heart, nothing else is. I'm going to try to fill their life with other good things too. But God must be at the center yeah. of their life. That's good. So pitfalls. All right. What else you got, Josh? Uh, you know, the big thing is, you know, we we brought them, you know, to curb. They've come to Christ, and then, you know, as as you go on this walk together, another big pitfall is, you know, is is your child's spiritual walk is a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a parent, that's that's not true. Um, you know, so as we begin this journey, we're we're going to see mountains and valleys. You know, as mm-hmm. as, as it's so commonly said, you know. But sometimes we'll say, um, you know, if my child isn't walking super close, then this means I'm a failure mm. at this. That's mm. that's 
that is a lie. Wow. And that, yeah. that that's going to be a tool of Satan, you know, to try to move you away and just kind of get you in a rut and you can just kind of start this downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so with this, what we have to really take a look back just to see this, is to see what what are you doing with your kids, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about more about that in, in a minute. But, you know, just a phrase that kind of came to mind is don't, don't trust methods over the maker. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, if it's just coming down to, all right, I'm taking my kids to church, check. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm praying with them at bedtime, check. You know, we, oh, we, we bless the food at every meal. Mm-hmm. God is great. Yeah. God is good. But, you know, as we, um, but as we walk these things, it's it's not just simply checking boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, every kid is is wonderfully made in the image of Christ. I mean, Ob, I have one kid. Ob, you have three. Mm. You know, are all three of your kids the same? We actually talked about how they're not this morning on the, <laughs> on the way to school. <laughs> so you know, there's it's amazing how God they can look the same, they can look like you, mm-hmm. but they the completely different personalities. Yeah. So this means, but that doesn't mean we lead, we lead them the same way. They right. need they need different times. They need different methods where you may ha- you know. So don't just say it's just I'm checking boxes and just say why is this not working? Mm. Well, this means I'm a failure. That's not true. Right. Should I bring my kids to church? Yes. We would probably encourage uh, that. We, we would, would encourage that. You know, sh- do you pray with your kids? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, but remember, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so in, and when journey, we're going to have conversations. So, you know, tie in Jesus more into the conversation, you know, that, that you see there. Yeah. So, um, and, and what I hope parents will hear in this is, um, that the guilt that sometimes accompanies, Mm. uh, what you're talking about really bogs them down and guilt, um, Satan would use to make us ineffective. Mm. And I always say this when I teach on something that could evoke guilt is don't let guilt bog you down and become that ostrich with a head in the sand, right? (laughs) Instead, Godly guilt is meant to evoke change. Yeah. And so there's supposed to be things that we're doing. So fulfilling those, that guilt, don't just hide and feel like a failure and things like that. Because let me tell you, every parent is a failure, right? In some ways, we, we all do. We, there's days that I'm just, I just don't do the right things or say the right things. Uh, but God is all about forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And so then we want to go to the other side of the coin, though. So because we can be okay with realizing that we're not going to be perfect parents, then we could go the other way and say, well, then a life of inconsistency is okay. Mm-hmm. And I would say the opposite's true. Our goal should be consistency. Yeah. Um, so as we look to the things like getting our kids mm-hmm. in church and, and uh, demonstrating a life of prayer, being in our word and things like that, um, if we were to think of consistency of physical health, like if I exercise really hard for one month out of 12 every year, and that's it, the other 11 I do nothing, or maybe sporadic, then that one month is gonna be quite measurable, right? It just is, because there's no consistency, and it's not gonna be very effective. And so if we can develop consistent patterns, and what I kinda heard you saying, Josh, is it's not about checking a box, although discipline sometimes is checking a box, but it's about demonstrating to our kids a consistent life that pursues God, mm-hmm. right? That's the goal is that I love Jesus and and sometimes I don't do everything perfect. And and you know what? On Wednesday, I, I missed my, my devotion. That does not mean I'm a failure because mm-hmm. I still love Jesus. I'm going to find a different way to show my kids I love Jesus. In fact, there may be a time 
where I had an awful day, I had an attitude, I, I was hard on my kids, I may need to show them I love Jesus by being able to admit that I'm wrong and say, hey, I messed up today, I need mm-hmm. some forgiveness. All right, what do you have, Bryson? <laughs> All I was going to say is just, you know, kind of tying everything in together about guilt and, you know, time and the journey and all that kind of stuff is, you know, one last thought is I, I, I hear from a lot of parents that it's not just looking towards the future, but there does come that moment where then they start to reflect on the past. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've never met a parent who regretted having their kid in church. Um, I never met a parent who, you know, was disappointed in them, in themselves um, for making Jesus a priority in their house. But I have met parents who do feel guilty or who are filled with regret because they elevated these different things to the level of idol worship. Mm. Now their kids are off in the world worshiping the things of this, the world, living worldly lives, and they just, they're just they like, I don't get it. And it, like you said, it's idolatry, it's inconsistency. When you say these things are more important than God, and we're also not going to worship God consistently, right? You're, you're not setting your, your child up for a long life of pursuing Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so I would just say to parents in the realm of consistency, don't be guilty of we say Jesus, but we practice world consistently, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we need to not just speak Jesus to our kids, but we need to practice Jesus. And sometimes that does mean that I just need to ask for forgiveness because I messed up. Yeah. Um, one last uh, thought I wanted to mention was, um, a guy named Michael Pearl, he has a ministry, and I don't know enough about his whole ministry to endorse all of it, so I'll just say I like this point. Um, is he talks about uh, sometimes we isolate our children. Um, so still talking about pitfalls that people can fall into. Sometimes we isolate, and I think of John fifteen nineteen, where it says, If you're of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. And so we see this statement about being chosen out of the world as kind of a desire to um, put a hedge of protection around our kids, that um, they're going to just be completely separate, completely independent of the world. And I don't think at all that's what it means. In fact, I think we've all heard the expression to be in the world, but not of the world. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a second. Um, But just for this pitfall, I would say sometimes we isolate and we don't prepare at Mm -hmm. all, because here's the difficulty. At some point, your children are going to be in the world. Mm -hmm. Have they been prepared at all? I've seen parents do it this way where they completely isolate and then they release at some of the most dangerous times. They say, okay, we've isolated all this time. Our kids are totally unprepared, Mm -hmm. but then we release them onto high school Mm -hmm. or onto college, Mm -hmm. which statistically are the times where they will be most likely to step away from the faith. So uh, a warning against isolating. I'm going to talk in a second about, um, about a step to take instead of that. And so on that, with that transition, um, some steps. What are some positive steps that parents can start taking today to affect their children for mm. good in the faith? So yeah. starting with you, Bryson, mm. what thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I, I would say the first step is really to embrace the awkward and the uncomfortable, hmm. right? I mean, think about any anything you ever do in life for the very first time. It can be frightening. It can mm. be scary. You feel like you're going to throw up. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable, right? But if it's worth it, you'll continue to pursue it. And I know, you know, even just for me in my own life, just different things. Like I remember um, my parents, there was a time when I was a teenager, like, you know, they they tried to have this family Bible study time. And, you know, we're, we're teenagers, you know, and my parents, you know, I love them. But at that point, they had never really led us spiritually. Right? In that sense, we went to church. We were very faithful to church. But, you know, just hadn't, didn't have that at home, if that makes sense. Mm. 
And so I remember the eye rolls and I remember like, you know, like being like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And I will say that, you know, it was awkward in that moment, but somehow deep, 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 deep down, I loved it. Mm. I was, I was craving it. I was desiring it. I just wasn't showing it on the outside. And I think that that attitude defeated my parents. And so they just kind of were like, well, this is not working. So they're, they're, you know, they're like, we're just, we're just not going to do this. And I will say, I think I've heard from parents before trying to do prayer time with their kids, trying to do family Bible studies, even just reading their own Bible for themselves, mm -hmm. like just to be, you know, that example to their family just feels awkward and uncomfortable. And, you know, even like just from a parent, like just pouring into your child, telling them I love you, that you're proud of them, just even simple things like that, right, mm -hmm. can be a little weird if you've never done that before, if you've never yeah. received that, but it's worth it. Like your children are literally craving, right, spiritual leadership. And they're searching for it somewhere. And the their thing, souls are hungry for it, whether they, they are or not. And they don't need to find it in in us. Mm -hmm. They don't. I mean, like we we want to be their spiritual shepherds, right? We want to be leaders in their life. But I want them to see their parents primarily as the spiritual leaders right. and example because they're home with them every day. Right. Right. They're with them every day. I can't talk like we have like 150 in our youth ministry. I cannot personally invest and disciple and talk to every single one of them every single day. But the parents. They can. Right. They're there. They're present. They're available. And so I think you just got to get past that first initial hurdle, just that baby step. And the hurdle is not as big as sometimes it seems. Yeah. You just got to take that first step. Embrace the awkward. It's going to be weird for a week, two weeks, however long. It just depends. It's going to be weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. Your children might hate it, but deep down they're craving it. And in long term, it's it's going to be good for you and, their, and your family. Because like everything, the more you do it, you get better. Mm -hmm. right. I, I'm reminded of the very first time I taught Life Group, which is our small groups here at First Baptist O'Fallon. The very first time uh, there was a prophecy in the Old Testament that I was supposed to like teach through. And I, I gave an interpretation and everybody just stared at me. And I was like, what? And they're all like, Obi, that's wrong. And then like the whole <laughs> class like explained it. I'm like... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're you're all right, and so I've been teaching for you know over a decade since then, and right. so I'm I'm okay. I survived, so right. I like that. Embrace the awkwardness, yep. and and then some of those conversations people are going to have to have to talk about topics that need to be talked about. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be awkward, but they need to be talked about. Yep. Exactly, and you know, when I think of I think about if you've gone to a restaurant and ordered a burger. You know, we'll see the commercials, right? Like you get it and it just, I mean, they, they have that thing crafted <laughs> awesomely, you know, and, and your mouth waters and you go to, you go to the restaurant, whether that's a drive through <laughs> or a, you know, Red Robin or something, or a burger place. Make me hungry. And so, sorry, sorry. But, but, but think about, does that burger ever look like the wing in the commercial? No, it honestly looks like it, that commercial got you know, ran over by yeah, the car. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks yes. like. <laughs> you know, so I... You know, when you think about that, you know, you piece it together. It's real easy to get it in your brain. Like, mm -hmm. it's going to look this way. Right. But we know that that's not real life. Right. You know, that that is not what it's going to look like. So when I gather, if you gather your kids, uh, teens, and everybody around for some guy study, nobody's going to be sitting crisscross applesauce. Just right. Just hanging to every word that you're going to say. <laughs> you know, they are all... Uh, you know, they're all going to be hanging on each other and, right. and, you know, and keeping them quiet for 10 seconds, you yeah. know, even. And somebody's going to pass gas and then it's over. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's but that's yeah. real. Yeah. You know, so we have to think about those expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be awkward. Yeah, it's not going to be a picture perfect thing. Mm. But 
that's not this life, right. you know, that, that we're guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So when you, you got to think about those expectations and to get it through with yeah. the awkward. So Absolutely. it's pursuing Christ in a real world, pursuing Christ in reality. Or you exactly. could say it's faith in real in life. Oh, oh, we've come full circle. Is this the last episode? I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. All right. Just making sure. So, yeah. So it's pursuing Christ in a real world. And, yeah. and so kids will respond to that, seeing that, um, even when things aren't perfect, I still love Jesus. Exactly. So. Exactly. And so, you know, for me to add, you know, the thing that I wrote down, I wrote down one thing and it was, you know, create healthy rhythms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I like the word rhythm. Sometimes you can say like, well, I don't know about rhythm, but I like balance. Well, balance is, you know, a thing. And it's something we read as a team, mm-hmm. you know, here at the church. We read High Impact Teams by Lance Witt. And, you know, when it talked about, you know, it's like balance is... You know, I mean, it's not a bad word, but it is, you know, you can overload a scale if yeah. you balance it out. Yeah. You know, a, a ton weighed to a ton can can crush a scale. Right. And you it's know? not always realistic. And it's not realistic yeah. either. So when I think through, we got to think through rhythms. When you think through it, you know, some people think drumbeat. I have to think about basketball because I grew up in a basketball family. And, you know, when you, when you dribble a ball, you know, on the court, like if I'm walking up and down from one side to the other, you know, there's, you know, the play is being set, but I'm mm-hmm. dribbling very casually, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not a fast break or anything. And, you know, you know, the basketball is always moving in a rhythm, mm-hmm. but it's not always a consistent beat. Mm-hmm. You know, it changes. There's right. pauses. There's more aggressive, <laughs> you know, beats. Because when, when you think about the game, when it goes through that, I mean, isn't that kind of like mm-hmm. life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's mountains, there's yeah. valleys we talked about earlier, but it always remains consistent. Yeah. You know, the beat keeps moving on. So what we need to do as, as parents is, is we need to develop things in our lives to know that one, that's a, what we have to, we have to self care. Mm-hmm. And I know that word can get a lot of flag, but we self care is we have to be in God's word ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, just as Christ did in Mark one, you know, he very early, he got up in the morning to pray. That's things that we need to do. We mm-hmm. need to be in God's word. Yeah. We need to, you know, that because if I have nothing in my cup, I cannot pour anything out to my mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, And that, so I need to be in God's word. I need to be spending and having my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When my when I as that is pouring into me, I can also outpour into my kids. Mm-hmm. And not only it could be my kids, it could be my coworkers, it could mm-hmm. be, you know, friends and everything like that. But but for parents, we have to know that this is it. So we have to get that because when that rhythm stops, Trust me, something else is going to fill it in. Yeah. You know, when I when I dribble a basketball, I grew up playing on a hard old wooden floor and if you've ever done that you probably know where the dead spots are on the floor that you'll be dribbling all of a sudden the ball goes flat (laughs) because it's just it's just a dead spot Mm -hmm. and that's going to hit we have to be ready for those those are going to come and i have to be able to adjust and to be able to go doesn't the rhythm might change a little bit Mm -hmm. but we're moving forward so if i could add to that i think um parents and, and when i think of that book um high impact teams uh, when we think about rhythms, we have to be proactive, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the point of, of high-impact teams. And, and you want your family to be a high-impact unit um, that is pursuing God and, and healthy and not ready to, to murder each other all the time, right, <laughs> or just stressed out uh, during the year of quarantine and things. And so 
guarding your rhythms uh, and being intentional about your rhythms that your rhythms are healthy. So you may have a season where like, let's say your child plays baseball. Mm. Okay, that's a busy season. But life can't always be as busy as the busy season. And so there needs to be a healthy rhythm where there's sabbaticals, Sabbaths, right? Where, mm-hmm. where you take rest, where you step away. Um, and then even in those busy seasons, to still show kids God is the center of all of this, that, mm-hmm. that God is still our priority. All right, anything? Comes back to that word we talked about last week, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you... You don't have to always have a busy season. Mm -hmm. That does not mean you're a failure if my calendar isn't always full. Mm -hmm. But don't let it just be filled with things that could become idols. And you meant N-O, not (laughs) K-N-O-W. I was thrown off at first. Right. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. All right. All right. N-O. Yeah, I I like that. Um, I try to operate. I don't obviously don't do it perfectly right now, but try to operate in seasonal and weekly rhythms. Um, right. Cause seasons do change, right? If you try to do the same thing, if you try to maintain the same rhythms, um, you know, I think about if you have a, you know, so for me one day, not right now, just for all those listening, um, <laughs> one day we will probably have a kid. So my rhythms will change, right? If you have a kid yes, and then you have, and then, <laughs> yes. if you have a kid and then you have another kid, that rhythm changes. And so yes, I think will. there's, <laughs> I think there's also seasonal changes. Uh, or seasonal like rhythm changes if that makes sense like mm-hmm. and i think that's where we have to evaluate the season that we're in the time that we're in but i also like to do it weekly there are some weeks that it's just i got a full full calendar right i just got a lot on my my plate um most most of the time good things or just you know stuff i have to do and so i try to evaluate each week and say okay like where do i have time for this what does my weekly rhythm look like and mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta like sometimes i've had weeks where i'm like i have to schedule and say from this time to this time, I'm going to spend time alone in the Word of God. And it sounds kind of like forced, or maybe it sounds bad to say I have to schedule, but I just know for me, if I don't make intentional time each week for that self-care, for that time in the God's Word, the week's just going to go by, and I'm just not going. I'm just going to find myself having not done what I really needed to do, not what I wanted to do, but what I needed to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure uh, anyone listening is hearing this because. We've talked on this twice now, both for pitfalls, but then also for steps. It's been centered on time. And the first one is the pitfall is that a parent could be very well-intentioned, but they could let that calendar slip out of control. Mm -hmm. And and it could just get to a point where uh, 10 years have gone by and their child, God's just not part of their child's life, right? Maybe they came to Christ early. Hey, praise God for that. And we do praise God for that. Mm -hmm. But that discipleship process hasn't ever happened. Mm -hmm. And so then they enter young adulthood and or high school or young adulthood and they enter these times where they are very vulnerable to stepping away from the faith yeah. and they haven't been prepared at I'd all. actually say it probably starts more preteen and junior high mm. to be honest with mm. you I think I think high school and college is really the 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 result of what happens in those very early yep. because preteen and junior high is really kind of the first age where you start to feel resistance towards mm. like going to church Yep. Right. I mean, like, maybe I'm wrong on that, mm-hmm. but I, for what I see, most kids are happy to be in, in kids' life in elementary, right? But then you get to that that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and you start to get some pushback, right? right. Either there's more, you know, travel teams and opportunities that take up your time and your weekends, or they just don't want to go. Um, so I think that's where it really, I think that's really the age at which the battle fought, is fought. I think you see ultimately a lot of the results in high school and 
young adults, but right. it's never too late. Right. You're a high school student, young, you know, young adult, mm. you can still push, push, you know, not push them to Christ. It may not be the right term, but you can still lead them. You can still lead them in that You can that choose age. who you're going to serve. So yeah. I had um, Matthew 6.24, and I think of Joshua, no one, uh, choose this day who will serve. Mm-hmm. Well, I had Matthew 6.24 written down. It says, no one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mm-hmm. money. And so at some point, parents are going to have to choose, mm-hmm. right? And why not today? Yeah. Why not today choose that the calendar has been too full that I I feel my child slipping away from the things of God, yeah. and I'm going to show them that going to church is not mm-hmm. just something we do. It's yeah. who we are as followers of Christ. If I can just add to that, mm-hmm. this is not every child. I understand that. But I think most students and children will not be devastated when you say no to something. Mm. Or if you intentionally, I remember at the beginning of the school semester, um, was talking with a junior high girl, and she had been just so involved in everything, right? Just very, very competitive in, in what she had done. I'm just trying to be vague, just so. Um, and uh, so she had done all these competitive travel league, all this stuff. And I was talking with her, and she's like, yeah, it was canceled this year. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, I know that must be really hard for you. And she like literally was like, nope. She's like, I only do it because my parents like want mm-hmm. me to. She goes, I really don't enjoy it that much. And so I say that to say, like, there may be some things where I think your your child may not be so devastated if you say no. Or I think you said someone said it last week, pick one thing and focus yeah. on that. Yeah. So good thoughts. Uh, I wanted to mention one more step um, that parents can do. So, so again, we're talking about some positive steps that parents can do to, today to start effect start affecting their children for good in the faith. And so I had mentioned earlier that sometimes we isolate our children. And so the follow-up um, principle for that from Michael Pearl was that we insulate instead. Mm. And so talking about those tough tough things, like Bryson said earlier, embracing the awkward, like mm-hmm. that there's just going to be awkward conversations. Let me tell you, children are going to hear about sex, mm-hmm. right? They're going to hear about those things. They're going to hear about suicide, mm-hmm. depression. In fact, they may be influenced uh, there may be a whole subculture that it's a cool thing or an accepted thing or a, a, a red badge of courage to mm. to to be depressed. And so your child may go into those things. And so having those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to read Matthew 10, 16. It says, look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. This is Jesus talking to his, mm. his disciples. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. And so sometimes we think of Christianity that we want to isolate because we want our children insulated or isolated. I mean, we want we want to protect them from the world. And it's a good thing because that last part said, be innocent as dove. We want innocence. We absolutely do. But we also want them to be shrewd. We want them to know that the world is dangerous, that there are things out there that are harmful. There are things out there that it's dangerous to have something good that takes the place of God, mm-hmm. right? There there are good things that become dangerous to their faith. And so talk about the tough things. Insulate your children. Mm-hmm. So don't see the pastor as the only one who can have those conversations. Have them. Even if you do them poorly, mm-hmm. have those conversations and start to talk about the way that a Christian needs to traverse this world, the, all the sinful things that are going to pop up in this world, the things that we know that are going to go on the front step. Some things we don't know what's coming, but we want to insulate them because we know things are going to come mm-hmm. in their life. All right, anything to add on on uh, steps? Mm-mm. Nailed it. All right, let's talk about 
encouragement. Um, so what word of encouragement do you have for parents? I think, Josh, was it your turn? I, I think so, but I'll, right. I'll go anyway. All right. <laughs> you know, the, the simple phrase, keep moving forward. Hmm. Um, I think Walt Disney actually quoted hmm. this, and, and, and it's a small part of a larger quote, but the essence is we, we keep moving forward. Um, you know, it's a word that's been thrown out as we've said throughout this thing. This is a journey that mm-hmm. we go on. And it, when you when you go on journeys, you know, we'll say like, I'm, you know, I encourage you in your walk with the Lord. That is when you walk, you take steps, mm-hmm. you know, so we have to keep moving forward. We're not we're not looking back, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're moving forward. You know, Philippians 3, 14, I, I uh, as I pursue the goal. Some translations, that's the CSV, some translations, I, as I press on mm. toward the go. A lot of this, and even the words itself, mean that it's not a casual, easy stroll in the park. Mm-hmm. Like I am, it's it's like I am going through those extreme obstacle courses, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to press on through the toughest mud, mm. you know, through the slickest surfaces, and and it's an uphill, you know, like grandpa. It's uphill both ways in the snow, you know, like, you know, like it's that kind of journey, yeah. you know. And even pre-pandemic, I mean, like we can't just say, well, life was easy, right. you know. We just saw life get more challenging, mm. you know, with with some things. It is a journey, yeah. so we keep moving forward. Are you going to fall down? Yep. Is it going to hurt? You better believe it. But we get back up mm-hmm. and we take steps. You know, when our parking lot becomes covered with ice, you know, which hopefully won't happen too many times, you know, um, you know, this winter. But when, when that does happen, I can't just go for a dead sprint <laughs> to the door. That is going to end terribly. I mean, you could. I could. And just let us know so we can <laughs> yeah. watch it. So we can watch it. <laughs> Feathers, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're always supportive of you. Yeah, just say we're here for you, man. Thanks. Um, I'll look forward to your cards in the hospital. <laughs> um, but you know, when we do these things, we have to take step. You know, mm-hmm. we take small steps. You know, and when we fall down, we get back up, and we keep moving forward. And then at the same time, as parents, not only is it our journey, we're helping our kids on theirs. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: that is not. It's a forever kind of journey for your lifetime, right? Like, but you, the role that you get as a parent, mom and dad, is a is a name that only comes from God. Mm-hmm. That is it. The role never changes, you know. And there's a moment that we're going to leave when God calls us home. But you know, you always forever have that role. You know, I'm 35 years old. I still call mom mom she's mm-hmm. still my mom but you know but i will be married for katie for 10 years i have kids her role has just changed mm-hmm. you know you, you move into that so you're always leading and helping the role just kind of shifts a little bit mm-hmm. and so but and we're still helping with our personal selves and helping our kids move forward no matter what kind of steps they are even if you slide backwards mm-hmm. we get up and we we press on because that is a goal a prize promised by god to keep moving forward and that is what we should do that's a good word and if i could add some maybe legs to that idea of a role because i really like that is that role of parent never changed and the mission is to minister Mm. to your children so the responsibilities or the methods of that ministry that's what shifts right you're still the parent but 
as as an adult now, I don't need my mom to minister to me in the mm-hmm. same way. But you better believe I need her encouragement mm-hmm. and, and her counsel mm-hmm. and things like that. So the role of parent and the ministry associated with that role, it's the same. Mm-hmm. And the responsibilities and the methods, those change. So good word, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear you saying that there's a call to parents to take this this job as a parent as their primary ministry, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a path, there's pitfalls in the path, maybe ice in the path, maybe mm-hmm. fire in the path, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a really bad week. Um, <laughs> but to keep fighting, and I think of Paul where he talks about fight, he fought the good fight, he ran the mm-hmm. race. And to see it as that, to see that not every bad thing that happens is just the death blow to your family, right? There mm-hmm. are going to be hard times. There's going to be times where parents let the calendar get too full and maybe they listen to this and they think back oh the you know that podcast that i heard one time and uh they said our calendar can get too full and i let it happen okay well don't beat yourself up cut some things out mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. cut cut something out that that especially if it's taking the place of god so mm-hmm. all right bryson mm-hmm. what do you got yeah just kind of on that word of encouragement just kind of right off of what josh was saying it, it really is it's i think it's small steps not mountains to move It really is just taking an initial step. And kind of like what I was saying earlier is, you know, they're hungry for it. You know, your your children are are really hungry. And I I think about, like, you made a good point, even if it's bad, right? Even if it's a train wreck, try something. I mean, think about if 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 you're hungry, if you're starving, right, if you're at a place where you just haven't eaten in a long time, you may not like what's put before you, but you're going to eat it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It may not taste good or whatever. And I I think about that – you know, children are, are just hungry and they're, they're looking for it, especially, I think, in same gendered relationships. Mm. Um, I know that there's a lot of young men who, I mean, it just their hearts just long for their dads to be the spiritual leaders in their lives. I know mm. there's a lot of girls who are just desiring that encouragement, and that relationship from their moms. And so there is a, a role that God has given you. And it's really just I mean, it, it really just take that small step of faith. I mean, really, like, say, I'm going to try this. And it might be awful and it might be awkward and uncomfortable. And it may just, you know, you may walk away just like, you know, your mind racing, like they hate me. They hated that. They're never going to talk to me again. Um, this is going to be super awkward. But I promise you, I promise you, I promise you it, it has it has doing something in their hearts. It is it is meeting a need that that God has put in. Like it's like we do. God has instilled in us that desire and that need for our parents and for I mean, think about it. You can have. And I'm not saying that these are a lot of the parents, you know, in our church or anything, but you could have a parent who is neglectful, abusive, or just gone, who, who could have just treated that child horribly. And yet something in their life, even into adulthood, will always desire and crave yep. that love and affection from their parents. And so mm. they're they're looking for it. They're desiring it. It probably won't be as difficult as it maybe seems. Mm. Maybe it won't be as picturesque as it seems. You know, you may not have that Christian movie moment where your family's all holding hands at the table and everyone's smiling and laughing and, you know, with their Bibles and everything. But um, it'll be real. And I think that that moment of authentic faith being lived out in your life, I think there's just nothing that could probably compare to it. Because it doesn't have to be a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> right. It, it can, I mean, it can yeah. be no, that's good. sincere faith Yep. that's authentic. I like that word, that your, your kids, because kids watch their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think of when I was, um, when I was a brand new parent, I guess maybe three, Piper was maybe three years old. And um, and I was walking across the street and I noticed my shoe was untied. And so I bent down to tie my shoe 
and I looked behind me, and Piper had knelt down just like I, like in the exact, her shoe wasn't untied. In fact, it was probably Velcro at the time, <laughs> but she was pretending to tie her shoe. Yeah. Kids are going to mimic us. Yeah. And so we would love them to be the most pious and, you know, the, the stained glass, perfect picture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think we always hope for. But really what we want them to do is realize that this world is messy. Yeah. And what does it look like to live faith in a messy world? And yep. so I would encourage parents just to keep pursuing God. And so uh, as my word of encouragement to parents, I say love. Mm-hmm. Love God. Love his word. Love your children. Like, in that order. Right? In that order. In that order. Mm-hmm. Love those things. Love God, his word, and your children. Love them. Love them. Pursue them. And then a lot of these other things, if those are actually your heart's love, him, his word, and the children he's blessed you with, and each other. Let's yeah. not forget the spouses either. <laughs> oh, yeah. In so fact, probably, was, uh, God, his word, your spouse, spouse and your children. And, your children. Yes, and, yes, and I actually yes. do think that is an important yeah, that distinction. Is true. Um, but since we're talking specifically about parenting, yeah. if you love those things and let those be your heart's cry, let those be the things that, hey, when the world was messy, I still loved. Mm-hmm. I still love God. I still love uh, his word. I still love my spouse. I still love uh, my children. It was hard. This was a rough day. I still love you. Mm-hmm. I, I love you so much that I had to say I'm sorry because I was rude, mm-hmm. right? Or, hey, I, I love you, and that's why we had to cancel this thing because we we're just getting too too busy. We were getting too full, and, and I care about you so much that I want you to put God first, yeah, right? So good. if you love those things in that order, then a lot of the rest of the stuff you're probably going to do right by accident. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> As a, a very simple example, if you love your children, you're probably not going to starve them to death, right? You're you're probably going to make sure that their necessities are taken care of. So so getting those primary priorities right mm-hmm. helps us get all those uh, subordinate priorities mm-hmm. right as well. So any last words on this, guys? No, it's been fun to talk about, though. It has. It's been a good, good conversation. Yeah, it has. Hopefully it's been helpful. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, for listening or watching. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, then we would love for you to come visit our church. So we have two worship services on Sunday. And then we also have life groups uh, for three hours on Sunday. And you can do either of those in person or online. And you can find out all the information about our church at fbcofound.org. That's fbcofound.org. And we will see you next time.